Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true outdoors horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you have an allegedly true scary story from the outdoors that you would like to hear in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without further ado, let us jump right into these creepy and allegedly true outdoors horror stories that'll creep you out tonight. Hello Swamp Dweller, my name is James. I'm a 24-year-old male, and I live in northern Michigan. My wife and I love to adventure and spend time with our friends. In the summer of 2021, we decided to take a trip to our friend's cabin in the Gaylord area. This cabin was set back about a quarter mile off the road, back in some rather dense woods. It took a bit of skillful driving to get my wife's Ford SUV up the trail to reach the cabin and it was quite the ride. Once we were parked, we unloaded all of our things, packed our food and extra clothing into the cabin, and settled in for some fun outdoor activities. While my wife and her friend were chatting and having fun in the cabin, the other girl's boyfriend, let's call him Jay, decided to take our fishing poles and walk to the nearest fishing hole to try and snag some trout. He and I are both avid outdoorsmen, and I personally have spent most of my young adult years hunting, fishing, and just traversing the Michigan wilderness. I've encountered bears and coyotes, bobcats, and virtually anything that you could really think of in the wildlife. So I'm no stranger to the sights, smells, and sounds of the forest. Now that we have some context, let me get to the creepy part. We walked over for about two miles down an old dirt road through some thick forest to a very pristine lake that was pretty sparsely inhabited. Jay and I fished for several hours without event, and after being told that our women would not be coming to get us from the lake, we decided to make the two-mile walk back to the cabin. At this point, it was about 9.30pm. Now, you may call me silly for this, but whenever I'm out in a wilderness area, that I don't always know. I carry my Springfield Armory 45 ACP handgun at my side. So, I felt pretty safe as I began my short hike. I would also like to say that I've always felt that there is substantial evidence to prove the existence of cryptids. Mostly Bigfoot, but I like to keep an open mind. Anyways, we had been making our way down this road for about 20 minutes and on the other side of this road, were very dense old growth woods and as we walked we began to hear something large following us jay noticed it first and once he pointed it out i became very on edge the woods were absolutely still dead quiet except the sound of crunching and rustling as whatever it was followed along with us in the darkness of the woods at this point we noticed this odd smell not unlike that of a skunk and a wet dog mixed. At first, it was faint, but as it walked more, it grew stronger and stronger and stayed with us as we walked. 
All this time I grew more and more agitated, so I switched my gear to my left hand and drew my handgun from its holster with my right. Jay and I walked quickly, talking to each other about this thing we couldn't see, trying to figure out what the heck was following us, speculating about what it could be. Now I do admit that I can be a bit paranoid sometimes, so this whole time I'm checking the road behind us to make sure nothing was trying to jump out from behind. I saw nothing though, however, the entire walk, this thing followed us very, very closely, and a few times I thought I could see tree branches and bushes moving. Finally, after about 45 minutes of us walking, we reached the main road. We made the quick half-mile trip that led to the cabin, and I was extremely happy to be back with the others. I thought that the encounter was over at this point, and me and my wife settled in for the night, laying blankets and pillows down in the back of her vehicle. At this point, I fell asleep rather quickly, but my wife stayed awake for a while. In the morning, she told me that she had heard heavy footsteps circling our car for probably an hour or so before she went to bed. Neither of us saw anything, as the night in northern Michigan is especially dark, but the experience left both of us rather unsettled, and we have never been back to the cabin since. My name is Eric. This happened when I was living in the foothills in the South Bay area around 2012 when I was in my early 20s. I would usually hang around the city with people whenever I felt like it. But at the end of each night, I would take a three mile walk into the darkness where I slept. I never use a flashlight at night because it ruins my vision when my eyes are adjusted to the dark. Also, I am quiet as I walk through nature. This comes into play in this short story. I was making my way along a path towards my tent in the pitch black when I saw a faint orange glow coming up roughly a hundred yards ahead. It looked like a fire. It was flickering and everything. The only problem was it was definitely not a fire. It was only radiating about maybe tenth the amount that it should have been. It looked like it was the size of a decent campfire, and as I got closer, it didn't get any brighter. It was located about 50 feet higher than I was off the trail. The trail that I was on was the only trail in and out, but this was the way I had to go to get to my camp. I could have ventured off trail if I really wanted to, but I was curious, so I went forward. When I got within 200 feet of the firelight glow, I realized two things. The first thing was that the fire was a fire indeed, but it still had like a ghost-like glow to it, as if the brightness setting was turned all the way down. The other thing was that there were two people sitting cross-legged alongside the fire, and they were facing me. They didn't seem to see me though. They appeared to be a young couple, maybe in their twenties. They were white. The male had dreadlock-looking hair, and the woman looked like she had long hair as well. They were both naked at least from the waist up, which was all I could see of them. If I had to guess, they were probably on some sort of psychedelic and in a trance. It did not feel negative. It honestly felt like I was seeing something that happened maybe in another time, like it was alongside in my reality. That's the best way I can describe it. I walked slowly, watching from a distance. 
They didn't seem to have a care in the world, and I think their eyes were closed the entire time. They were rocking in a circle like motion together. The man was behind the woman holding her. I felt like if I went there, the whole scene would disappear or something. I walked past them, stopped maybe 70 feet away. I crouched low so that they wouldn't see me. Even though I was sure that they couldn't, I couldn't comprehend it, and I didn't know what to do. Whatever was happening, this didn't just go away. So after about two minutes of observing this primal ritualistic ghost fire spectacle, I left. I've experienced enough to know that there are things that exist beyond our imagination. It was late, I was tired, and it was just another unexplainable experience deep in the woods. I don't have any good ideas about what it was that I saw, but I am certain that it was not a physical fire or physical people. I experienced this back when I was 14. Now, I am 23 years old. Back then, I lived on the outskirts of a small town in Montana. Behind my home, there was a forest. Now, I had never stepped foot into those woods until that day. The only time I had even got close to that forest was when I was tasked with walking my family dog, Charlie. Now, Charlie was a huge dog. I had never seen him cower before. On one of our walks, I heard a noise in the woods. It was the sound of a branch snapping. Occasionally, when I took walks with Charlie, I would hear these types of noises, but they became more and more frequent. The first thing to mention, though, is that whenever I took Charlie out during the day, nothing would happen. But during dusk and dawn, or nighttime, I would always hear them. The day I decided to head in was an extraordinary day because it was my 14th birthday. After everyone went to bed, I had snuck out with my dog, and we had navigated our way, or, well, tried to navigate, through the woods. We ended up getting lost and came up upon an abandoned shed. The last thing I expected to happen. Charlie started whimpering. That was never a good sign. I had wondered if there was someone in there, but I couldn't see anybody. I didn't think I would need any form of protection, so I didn't have any. I then heard what sounded like crunching noises. Everything went quiet in the woods. The animals, the insects, everything. I was terrified, so all I could do was run to the shed and hide. Something got closer. I heard the leaves crunching. It was the only way I could tell how close it was getting. Then a loud bang resonated through the woods. It was like it was walking on the roof. I couldn't stop shaking but I'd like to think that Charlie could tell how scared I was because he started licking me and trying to comfort me. After around seven minutes, it had hopped off the roof and I peeked out the nearest window. There was a human-like creature, grotesque with long limbs, pale skin like the moon, jagged bones and joints. It was extremely thin. Its spine was protruding underneath its skin instead of bumps on the spine. They were like tips of a knife. I felt sick to my stomach and almost hurled. I managed to see its face. It was round. Its eyes were beady. They looked black, but I'm not completely sure. Blassy like eyes of a doll. Lifeless, and soon it had started to walk away, but not without turning back and looking at me. 
letting out this demonic roar, like the roar of a lion mixed with that of a raven. I think, I think it knew I was there. I don't know what prevented it from killing me, but whatever it was, I am eternally grateful. Remember, if there are woods near you and you hear strange sounds, never forget that there are things out there that won't be as merciful as this thing was to me. And if anyone knows what this was, please let me know in the comments. I want to start off by saying that this happened during the summer between 5th and 6th grade. I was around 11 years old and participating in my first Boy Scout summer camp. This camp was in southwestern Virginia, a beautiful and scenic place by all accounts. However, it has been many years since then, so take this all with a grain of salt. To give some context, I'll describe the layout of the camp area where my troop was. There were at least 30 Boy Scouts and a good amount of parents as well. The camp was laid out like a handlebar mustache, with adults on one half and scouts on the other. There were two scouts in a tent and I was partnered with a buddy from kindergarten. We were situated in the middle of a long back row facing acres of forest. Each tent was equipped with the same setup, a canvas army tent, wooden platform, two cots with mattresses, and a lot of daddy long legs. The night before we were set to leave, the adults had encouraged us scouts to pack up as much as we could so we could leave more efficiently in the morning. I, being the daredevil I was, decided to pack up everything, which included a sleeping pad and sleeping bag. Now, despite it being middle of July in Virginia, the temperatures dipped low that night, so I kept my clothes on to keep warm. I had trouble falling asleep that night. I was shivering like crazy. Eventually, I did drift off into a fitful sleep. I woke up some time later and hit a button on my watch to illuminate the face. 2.30 a.m. Flashed back at me. I was tired but slowly realized that it was dead quiet outside the tent. I strained my ears to try and catch a noise. Then I heard it. A sound of rustling leaves outside of our tent. The noise came from the side of our tent facing towards the woods and away from the camp. It was close. I heard it again. This time, the noise was making its way around the side of our square tent. I didn't want to wake up my tent buddy and alert him. The summer grass crackled as it paced around our tent. I say it because I don't remember if it was bipedal or walked on fours. Frankly, I'm not sure which would be worse. I was trying to control my breathing. The last thing I wanted to do was this thing to hear me. I don't know how long it circled our tent. It felt like hours. 3.45... I'm shivering even more. At some point, I must have fallen asleep because I remember waking up the next morning, tired and scared, but mostly just ready to leave. I never mentioned it to anyone. I'm still not sure what it was, but by God, was that a memorable trip? My family has a cabin along the river, only about 20 minutes away from our home. So naturally, we were there quite a bit in the summer. The cabin is also technically my paternal grandparents, so they were also there quite often. I have spent a large portion of my life at this cabin, between casual visits and friends, 
whenever we would go for our annual week-long vacations with my parents and siblings, and other things. My friends and I loved to hang out at the cabin, since we had pretty generously sized beach, a dock, and a diving board, and the river to swim in. Now, the cabin itself is not all that exciting. It was built in the 1950s and hasn't really been updated since, aside from new cabinets and carpets. So this does add to the creepy factor that it gives off, but generally, I was never super uneasy or scared when I was there, even if I was spending the night. However, one completely bizarre experience has dampened my love for the cabin. Also, a quick disclaimer before I start my story, this may not seem terribly scary to some people, but we were all high school kids and we had no idea what was going on, so please keep that in mind. The night in question takes place in the summer of 2018. I don't really remember what compelled us to go to that cabin that particular day. However, I assumed it was the usual, casual text in a group chat asking who wanted to come. We all met up at the cabin as usual, and pretty much all of us had driven separately that day. We got to the cabin around noon that day, and we didn't plan ahead to bring any food down, and the cabin wasn't really stocked up. We were all hungry, so four to six of us, who we will call Lynn, Emma, Ben, and Kate, decided to drive into the nearest town to go get some food, while the other two, who we'll call Jordan and Nick, stayed back at the cabin to just chill. The drive into town only takes about 10 minutes or so. We really weren't gone for very long, an hour at the most. We came back, stocked with chipotle bowls and snacks for later, and Jordan and Nick were both laying on the couches in the living room, which is right in front of you as you enter the front door. We asked them what they did while we were gone, and they both said that they tried to take a nap. However, there was a toy making noise from the toy box. We didn't really think much of it, as most of the toys were old and water damaged, so we decided to eat our food and go outside, where we spent the remainder of the afternoon. After spending hours out in the sun, we all decided to go inside to relax for the night and eat snacks that we had purchased. We all sat around the kitchen table, playing a game of cards and stuffing our mouths full of junk food. The sun was setting, and it was finally around 9pm when Lynn who had worked an open shift at a bakery that morning, decided to go home for the night because she was tired. Since we all had driven separately, we simply said goodbye and Lynn was on her way. It was at this point that we all started hearing noises from the toy box, an old Elmo toy, saying, Peekaboo, Elmo found you. Nick and Jordan both said that that was the exact same phrase it had been saying earlier when all of us had left and they were trying to nap. We were creeped out but continued our game of cards, laughing and joking with each other. After about five more minutes, Emma and I both looked at each other, dead in the eyes, as we were very clearly hearing footsteps from upstairs. There is a door leading to the outside upstairs, but it's quite loud, and neither of us heard the door open or close. Suddenly, Lynn burst back through the front door frantically, out of breath and nearly in tears. She then told us that she was driving up the hill from the cabin. She noticed multiple large spiders crawling through her windshield, and then every light source in her car stopped working. Her lights, her radio, her headlights, the phone had completely shut off as well. When everything finally turned back on, she whipped back down the hill and ran to us to get help. 
As she was telling us, we noticed a voicemail notification on her phone from an unsaved number. However, there was absolutely no missed calls at all. So clearly, out of curiosity, we played the voicemail out loud. It was extremely staticky, and we could barely make out what the voice was saying. But it was that of a woman. Hello? It's Phyllis. I just want you to know that I'm very worried about you, and I'm praying for you. As soon as the voicemail ended, we all heard the same footsteps from upstairs, but louder and closer to the staircase. Just like that, we all sprang up, cleaned, and grabbed our stuff and turned off the lights and booked it out of there. Nick and Jordan went with Lynn to get all the spiders out of her car and make sure nothing was broken, while Emma, Ben, and I locked the front door. The front door is a solid piece of wood, with both a deadbolt and a knob lock, of which both I locked. On the outside of that is a storm door that latches on its own as well. As Ben, Emma, and I were turning to leave, we all saw the storm door swing back open, then shut again on its own. Now, I know for a fact that I latched the storm door completely, and it was not a windy night at all. With that, the three of us sprinted up to the cars, but we did not want to drive alone at this point, so me, Jordan, and Lynn rode together, and Emma and Ben and Nick did the same. We decided that we would stop on our way home to change our clothes and then meet up at a local 24-hour diner. Lynn and I had everything we needed, so we only had to stop at Jordan's house. When we got there, we told his family everything that went down. They were very skeptical but tried to console us. Nonetheless, Jordan then changed his clothes and we headed out to the diner. Upon arriving at the diner, we noticed Nick, Emma, and Ben were already sitting inside. We made our way in. Noticing that the three of them were clearly shaken up, as soon as we sat down, Nick filled us in on what happened to them. Apparently, when they had gotten to Nick's house, something immediately seemed off. When they got to the front door, they realized it was completely open. However, Nick knew that nobody was home. Nick cautiously went inside to scope it out, only to find the TV flipped backward, blasting static at full volume. His dog was sitting there and howling at it. He turned the TV off and flipped it back around got his clothes changed, and then met us at the diner. To this day, I still don't have an explanation for what happened at that cabin that night. It was the late 1990s. I was around 10 years old when I was overcome with an insatiable desire to go camping. It was mid-August, so it was hot and muggy during the day, but rather mild and cool at night. I gathered two of my friends and told them about it, and they both liked the idea. Now generally, nobody really camped in our woods. My parents, along with many others, really didn't like the idea of a group of 10 to 11-year-olds camping alone. My dad said we could as long as he came with us, to make sure we were safe. I reluctantly agreed. Prior to that night, I went out to scout out a good area to make camp at, and I knew of a fairly decent place that was close to the creek, relatively flat, and not too difficult to get to. I wanted to scout the area just to ensure it was cleared of debris and ready for tents. By this time, I was well acquainted with the people of the woods, and I made my offering before entering the woods. I didn't see any of them on my journey or anything, so I felt pretty good about that. Once I arrived at the location, I began moving things around, clearing out sticks, 
moving large stones and making a fire pit, even going as far as stocking it with wood and throwing some larger sticks nearby for fuel for later. I was so enthralled in what I was doing, and so focused on getting the area cleared, that by the time I was satisfied at what I had done, I just noticed how quiet everything around me was. When I say quiet, it was dead silent. No birds, no bugs, not even the sound that the wind made. There was no noise at all. I immediately shut down everything I was doing. I stood there looking around, slowing my breathing and just trying to listen for the faintest sound that I could. I don't know how long I stood there motionless. A few minutes, maybe. And then, in the far distance, I could hear a crow call. And even, a faint whistling from the wind in the trees. The hair on my arms and neck were on end, and I figured that well maybe it was just me making a ruckus that was making everything nearby quiet down. Content with that logical reasoning, I began making my way back home to pack up for the night. Around 6pm that night, my two friends made their way over with backpacks, tents, and both me and my dad were finishing up dinner. All four of us were ready with everything we needed, and began trekking out to the site I prepared. Nothing all that noteworthy happened as we were making our way to the site. Even after setting up our tents, lighting the fire, and making s'mores, it was shaping up to be a pretty fun night and rather enjoyable. Once we started to get ready to crawl into our tents for the night at around 10 to 11 p.m., the wind started to pick up and my dad said we might be in for some rain, but he didn't seem to have that look of contentment. My dad loved rain on his face when he said it. It was like he felt like something was off, and it wasn't long before all of us started to feel the same way. We all ended up crawling into our tents anyway, since it was nighttime and possibly rain was incoming. Trekking back home would have sucked. We should have walked back, though. We situated our tents in a half circle around the fire pit, which all were facing the creek and the back of our tents facing the wood line. My dad was to the left of me in his military surplus tent, me and my cheapo Walmart single-person tent, just barely large enough for me, and my two friends to my right in their own tents. The wind howled for some reason, and it was going on for some time, half an hour to an hour before it finally calmed down. Then it got quiet. Eerily quiet. No crickets, no wind, no wildlife. The creek itself was normally pretty loud and bubbly. Even that seemed pretty muted. All we had was the faint glow of embers from the fire pit in front of our tents casting a warm glow. I could hear my heart throb in my ears and I knew my dad and two friends were just as anxious as I was because I could hear them shift uncomfortably. I heard one of my friend's tent zippers go down and naturally I undid my zipper too to see what was going on. As soon as I popped my head out to see what I could see, I saw my dad come out of his tent with a machete he had and face the wood line. My friend had his head poking out too, and asked if I had heard the same noise. I didn't hear anything. My heart was pounding so hard it was hard to even hear them whispering. We both partially got out of the tent to see what my dad was looking at, but all we could see was the inky darkness, and then I heard it, a distant and faint, Hello? It was coming from some way away in the darkness of the woods. I could see my dad shift uncomfortably on his feet, white-knuckling his machete looking into the tree line. Then again a voice called out, Hello? It didn't seem right. It was off-putting. 
almost as whoever was speaking was trying to speak in a very feminine voice, faint and fragile. My dad motioned for me to grab some extra wood next to his tent and throw it on the fire, which I reluctantly did. Leaving the perceived safety of my tent, it didn't really sit well with me. As the fire began to slowly grow in brightness, my dad stepped backward near the fire and stood there facing the wood line. By this time, my other friend popped his head out of the tent too, and all three of us, including my dad, were watching the wood line unsure of what to expect. Nothing came out, and we didn't hear the voice again. An hour passed by this time, and my dad was sitting on a large stone next to his tent, one leg crossed and a machete in his right hand watching silently, only the sound of the crackling fire echoing against the shale cliff face against the creek. Several hours passed and both of my friends went back to their tents. Only me and my dad were out, me tending to the fire and my dad watching and waiting. I could hear rustling to our right just beyond the light from the tree line. My friend closest to me popped his head out, looked at me and asked me, What? As if he was wanting me to repeat what I said. I didn't say a word. I hadn't said a word since I came out of my tent the first time. I put my finger to my lips and motioned to them to be quiet. By the time I did that, my dad was standing next to both of us and told us to shush, and immediately we heard someone say, Come here. In the same off-putting feminine voice as earlier. All three of us just stood there peering in the direction of where the voice came from, and shortly after, we heard what sounded like something move back deeper into the woods. It didn't sound heavy. It sounded like something incredibly light trotting back into the woods. That was the last time we heard it. Shortly after, I'm assuming early morning, just before the daybreak, the woodlife returned. Crickets, the distant chirp of birds, the whisper from the wind through the leaves. Once daybreak came, we all tore down our tents as quickly as possible, packed up and began hiking home. We were pirating away the entire way back, stopping, listening, and looking. We didn't see or hear anything or anyone. Nobody said a single word on the way back. Once we made it back to the backyard, my dad broke the silence and told us that what we experienced would probably never ever happen again, and it was probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing. He had fear written all over his face, as if he had not experienced something like that himself either. To this day, I don't know what it was or what it wanted. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true outdoors horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, please be sure to give this episode a 5-star rating over there, as it helps me grow there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from the outdoors or something else, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that genuinely help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but would like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, 
You can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and telling us what story was your favorite in the comments down below, check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, face masks, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.